Hey, what's up, guys? It's your good friend Jimbo. Today's episode is presented by Vayer. Vayer was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vayer returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vayer is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vayer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to VayerWatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. Now here's the best, stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there all you stay tuners, welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again, kicking off our sports week, just like the NFL kicked off this past weekend, some interesting games going on, some sloppy play, obviously my Eagles. We're one of the teams. Um, maybe some surprising wins, but also college football kicked off again. Notre Dame, my favorite team, won. Should have been should should have been a lot closer than uh, what the scores showed. But we'll get all into that um, in a little bit. But there's definitely some some other stuff we could talk about as well on top of the NFL and college football being back. Um, but before we do all that, head over to staytunesports.net. All our social media links are on the, the main page there on the right-hand side. Like, Facebook, follow, all that stuff. And click the Merch tab to show your support for the show. Um, we got the t-shirts there. Very close to uh, updating it, so that way you can buy hats now. Um, even I even saw on, on this uh, the one site that we're going to be using... Um, fanny packs. I didn't buy myself a fanny pack. I don't care. Like my wife said, I, I told her, I said, I'm buying one for when we go to Tennessee next year. She said, go ahead. I want to look like the Griswolds. <laughs> so, but getting into the sports talk, so I'm pretty sure you guys don't want to hear about my fanny pack stories. Um, this past Sunday, there was a no-hitter. It was the second no-hitter of the year. But there, there was a reason why I thought this one was more interesting and want to talk about a little bit um cubs pitcher alec mills threw a no-no on sunday um striking out five and walking three so it wasn't a complete perfect no hitter but still a no hitter is a no hitter it's impressive the thing that's impressive to me was this kid was a walk-on in college he went to um Tennessee, I think he, I think it was. It was one of the, the bigger schools. But um, when I was reading the story about uh, him being a walk on Tennessee, he was walking past the the, the baseball field the one day, saw um, the team practicing, and got in the ear of the, of the coach a little bit, said I could you know I could pitch a little bit, set up a tryout, pitching 95, 96 miles an hour, and made the team. Then he made it to the major leagues. He was uh, actually cut by 
the Royals. And, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the college he went to was Tennessee Martin. But cut by the Royals. This was his uh, 15th career big league start. So, I mean, fairly new. He's you know pretty much still kind of a rookie. And already has his first no-hitter. This story here just proves to you never give up on any of your dreams whether how small or how big it is here's a kid that wasn't even looked at in high school by any of the colleges let alone major or small became a walk-on makes it to the pros gets cut by the royals and then picked up by the cubs only to throw no hitter i mean it's you know it's it's a nice story to, to bring up every now and then. You know, we talk about you know this NFL player being arrested for domestic abuse, or you know this player being arrested for DUI, or this fighter for drugs. You know, it, it's good to see that there's still some good stories out there that pop up every now and then. For every bad story there's out there, so congratulations to Alec Mills of the Cubs. And did it on 114 pitches. That That's a, impressive, too. I mean, you figure a lot of the baseball pitchers don't even get to 110. And they're, they're getting pulled in the seventh inning. You know, completed games, I think, are going to be very hard in the coming future to, to, um, to acquire. You know, it, it's not like how it was five, ten years ago. So, and, and a lot of these Major League Baseball records that are out there, like Cal Ripken's um, consecutive starts record, will never be touched. Um, me and my dad are Orioles fans, and my dad was actually just telling me about it, that it, it was on the, the one game earlier this week um, that the guy that is in second place right now behind Cal Ripken that is active has to play 14 more years until he's 45 to tie Cal Ripken's record it's not going to happen you know home run records that's still possible you know especially with how Major League Baseball is trying to favor more the offense when they're changing the rules and things of, of that nature but A lot of these records are not going to be touched anymore. And but then again, you know, like I just said about Alec Mills, you never know. Don't give up, and you'll be able to break some of these records. Um, moving on to the NHL playoffs, Vegas Golden Knights have been eliminated. So unfortunately, us Philly fans. Dallas Stars are ma- are going to the Stanley Cup Finals, but have to wait a little bit because the Islanders and Tampa Bay were playing last night. I'm just trying to pull up the score real quick because I'm pretty sure that the the Islanders were looking good last night. Um, they're still. Going on with their with their uh, series, 
And right now, Tampa Bay is leading the series 3-2 with Game 6 being tonight, Thursday. Um, either for the Islanders to be eliminated or to push a Game 7 now. They did play Tuesday night and won in double overtime 2-1. I picked the Islanders in the beginning to upset and beat Tampa Bay because like, you know, I, I really thought their defense was going to be as good against Tampa Bay as they were against my Flyers. But that first game, 8-2, to two, had me scratch my head like, uh, was the Flyers just that bad? But they're, they're clawing their way back in this and plus Barry Trotz in there. A, um, a very veteran coach who's been around championships before knows how to pull the right strings at the right time maybe this is one last final push he could do to to get into the finals here so let's assume that Tampa Bay beats the Islanders though tonight a Dallas Tampa Bay um, Stanley Cup playoff finals as far as my picks Let's just put it this way. Whether it's Tampa Bay or New York Islanders, I'm never going to pick a Dallas team. I think if it were to be Dallas and Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay wins within five games. If the Islanders win, honestly, I think it could go all seven games. I think Tampa Bay is the more talented team than the Islanders. So I think they would give Dallas... A harder time in the finals but maybe maybe once it is all written in stone who's in the, in the finals I'll, I'll, sh- I'll put up a poll out there or something on Twitter give my picks and see what you guys think if I'm right or wrong or you know if you have another opinion so and to do that head over to Twitter ST Sports Podcast I'll tell you follow us there and answer any of our our polls that we we put out there so not that i'm trying to rush through all you know baseball and hockey and everything but really let's be honest college football and nfl were the the main talk of this past weekend and breaking news earlier today um today's wednesday we record um big 10 is coming back. They, they changed their mind about the no fall sports this year. Um, their season is going to start October 24th. Basically, they, they had a meeting this past um, this past weekend. More facts, you know, as far as the testing and and how safe the players could be, came out, and they felt more comfortable now than they did when they made the first. Um, statement of no sports uh, this fall they feel like now that they have a better understanding of the testing everything that's going to be involved with the testings um, the procedures they have in place they're going to start their season up October 24th that uh, the weekend of October 24th each Big Ten team will play eight games four home four road including six division games and two crossovers that they still have to determine and they said the schedule should be out within the next couple days. 
Now, a lot of question marks here. Um, when the rumors start flying that the Big Ten may come back, you know, was there enough time for them to come back? Here's what we know so far. The Big Ten still can finish the season and crown a champion to be considered for a semifinal spot in the college football playoffs. But, the thing is, all 10 of the FBS commissioners and Notre Dame's athletic director has to determine if they should be eligible to rejoin the playoffs. As a whole, with NCAA football, the college football playoff committee hasn't put any type of benchmarks of what teams have to hit to be eligible with COVID going on. You know, obviously COVID really screwed this whole college football season up a little bit here. And it sounds like, you know, they're just going to take it day by day for now. Um, here's my thing about it, though. I still don't think they should be eligible to play in a, in a playoff bowl. Play your, your conference game, and, and and that's as far as you go. You know, have your your um, New Year's Day bowl games, your Christmas Day bowl games, because the thing is, the the, the teams that started on time are still going to be able to get their twelve games, eleven games, depending on um, conference championships. These teams are only going to have eight games, so those other three four games. They could have lost, which would have knocked them out of college football playoffs. So you can't... So I, I still think there's a little bit of a disadvantage. And you... Oh, there's a truck outside. But as far as, you know, determining, like, who should be able to be in the playoffs, I mean, automatically, if you have two losses and, and you're... you're 10 and 2, you should still be eligible to be going up into that, that top 4 spot over a 8 and 0 Big 10 team because they didn't play a full schedule. And I'm totally against this. Like I I, I love college football. I'm happy they're playing, but it, whoever wins the championship, I, I just think it's going to be a big asterisk right next to it of of the COVID championship because not all the teams started on time and I, I, I think it's going to be hard to really believe whoever wins it and let, let's just say let's just say <clears throat> excuse me the Big Ten is eligible to get into the college football playoffs and one of those teams wins the championship over say Notre Dame who, who plays 12 games well, again, those two, three games that they didn't play, they could have lost. Notre Dame could have played a team that, you know, maybe they, they matched up better to. I just, I just don't think they should play any championship game this year, except for the conference championship, play your bowl games, and get ready for next year, because... Hopefully, by God, hopefully next year everything is calmed down. 
we're somewhat back to normal. COVID's gone. Because, man, it, COVID is, is really screwing up 2020 here for, for everybody in, in the sports world. But speaking of Notre Dame, this past week they played Duke. Um, they won 27-13. Honestly, it felt like more like a 14-13 loss to me because Ian Book, and this was the, the big question going in with Notre Dame losing Chase Claypool, Clement, you know, like uh, Book's big receivers. He has no receivers now. The first, the guy that has the most catches on the team with, I think they said like 300 catches in his career, is a tr- uh, transfer so he's he's brand new. He, he so he doesn't even have any chemistry really down with with book. Next guy behind him has like ten catches. The five or six receivers that are on Notre Dame's team added up does not come even close to the transfers total catches in his career, and it showed, you know. This was going into the season. This was going to show if Ian Book could be that leader and, and lead the team all by himself without a supporting cast. And it showed. He there was two interceptions I believe he had that were just terrible throws right to the defenders. Nowhere even close to receivers. But there was a, a silver lining in the game. And that was our, our, our uh, running back here, um, Kyrene Williams. He's a sophomore running back. Started off slow, but once he got going, it really showed like he put his stamp on, I want to be the starting running back of this team. And that, going forward, I think is going to be key to this offense. If we could get the running game going, take a little bit of the pressure off of Ian Book, I think we'll be okay. Because also, let's, let's remember what a running game does to a team in general. It runs the clock down, tires that defense out. Also keeps your defense off because off the field because our defense was a sieve. They were letting everything and anything go against Duke. Now, Duke is a good team. Not a championship team. Not a national title team. They did break the top 25 last year, I think two or three times. They're a good team. But you should have dominated this team. Okay, yeah, you didn't have your top receivers there. They moved on to the NFL. You should have still dominated them. Defensively, you had a couple starters back on that, that front line. Number seven was the only one that really showed up for Nordim's defense. Our corners were garbage. So they really got to shore some stuff up if they want to have a chance at the college football playoffs because you're playing a full season, unlike the Big Ten. You cannot afford to lose because you also got to play Clemson. You're in the ACC. We got to play Clemson yet. 9% sure. They're going to be definitely an underdog. I don't want to say uh, they're definitely going to lose, but let's be honest. 
Clemson is a good team. Clemson is an elite team. We're a very good team. Duke is average, and we barely beat Duke. Terrible. Hopefully, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see this weekend because we have Southern Florida, who honestly I would think would be a little bit less than Duke, and hopefully, um, Notre Dame wasn't overlooking Duke to say Clemson or some, something like that. Hopefully, we play a lot better than we did this past Saturday. So, NFL talk. Some surprises of the week for me. Um, I tuned in to Tom, uh, the, the Tampa Bay New Orleans game in the beginning. Old man Tom didn't look that bad. And then I went to go do some other stuff. And next thing I know, I see you know Tom pounding on the, on the sidelines and everything. I start watching the highlights and um, not looking too good. Granted, I know it's one game, and we have to all expect this at least at least for two, three weeks, I'm going to say, overall in the NFL, because without preseason, without a real training camp, these games are going to look sloppy, I think. Showed in the Eagles game, showed in the Tampa Bay game with, with Tom Brady, two interceptions. Um... But, as far as one of my blue picks, Jacksonville beating the Colts. I put them as a lock, and it was kind of funny because Saturday, our, our good buddy King called me during a Notre Dame game. They were, you know, we're bullshitting or whatever, and I, I told him about the blue picks, and he nearly lost his shit when I, when I told him that I took Jacksonville over Indy. Listen. I'm on the, the, the Gardner Minshew bandwagon here. I'm riding it till he he turns into Bobby Hoying or, or or AJ Feely or whoever. I like his I just like his character. I think he's he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a elite quarterback, but I think he's good enough to make that team good enough. Do they make the playoffs this year? No. Will they make it close? I could see them making it close. Maybe, you know, one or two spots out of uh, the last playoff spot. But time will tell about Jacksonville. But Tom Brady, if he does not show up this this weekend, and the Patriots with Cam Newton, Grant, if they keep running that offense how they ran Cam Newton this past weekend, Cam's never going to see week eight. Yeah, you want to use his strengths, with it, which is his running ability, his legs. But you keep running him that much, he's going to get slammed. He's going to get hurt very quickly. And you're going to be back to uh, having that, that backup quarterback that uh, you realize wasn't your quarterback because how terrible he was during practices. Then... My lovely, lovely Eagles. Can't even beat a team with no name. What a, a terrible game. And you know, for all you Eagles fans that are clamoring, oh, let's trade Wentz and bring Nick Foles back. First off, 
this loss was not all on Wentz. Was some of it his fault? Without a doubt. Was it Doug Peterson's fault? Without a doubt. Was it the offensive line's fault? Without a doubt. When you give up eight sacks to the Washington football team, to a rookie on that defense, which I'm not taking anything away from, from Young, because, I mean, he is a phenomenal athlete, but you should be able to block him. And when there's a picture out there seeing three Washington players wrapped around wins while three Eagles offensive linemen are standing there watching, there's something wrong. It was quite obvious that with Lane Johnson not being in there and Miles Sanders not being in there, hurt a lot. Also, you are not going to... I've said this so many times with this Eagles team, with Doug Peterson and Wentz, you are not going to win very many games when you're passing 50 times and running 17 times. You need more of a balanced offense. I know the running game wasn't really there. Boston Scott pretty much shut down the whole time. Corey Clement shut down the whole time. Can't give up on it, though. Guy, at least keep them honest. All it takes is one big breakaway and make that defense think a little bit. And then third and three, after two good plays to get up, you know, third and three, you could you could run the ball like you were and get two yards and then quarterback sneak. No, let's throw it deep to Deshaun Jackson overthrow. The other person I want to kind of rip into here is Zach Ertz. This past week, you 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 air out your dirty laundry about contract negotiations. Oh, I want to be here, you know, the rest of my career, but I don't feel that way because they they lowballed me. Well, catch the ball. Wide open shot, which would have been a first down, and you drop it. Dallas Goddard played so much better than you. Like, he deserved the contract. These guys better get their heads out of their asses quick. I understand there was a lot of injuries to this team going into the first game. Get your heads out of your asses. Dougie P, if, if Wentz is not a, a pocket passer, I'm sorry. But you got to roll them out. You got to get them on the move. If they're nailing them that much, get them in shotgun. So he has a chance to get the ball out quicker. He had no chance to get the ball out. But he also has to learn to throw the freaking ball away. Live to fight another day. We, we lost six points because of him. Two field goals. I think the only positive I took out of this game was seeing Jalen Rigger. You know, you saw the, the speed he had. He connected with Wentz on a deep ball. Almost connected, I think it was like two more times. One definitely would have been a, a home run touchdown. But Wentz over, overshot him. So that was my... Things I took away from the Eagles game. I'm not, you know... Throwing in the, the tally for the season or anything like that. But they got to get their heads out their asses very quickly. So, next up, 
we have our new segment that we start last week. And here is your Blue Picks of the Week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. Yes, that is right. We are bringing back again because I was somewhat successful. And, uh, you know, like I said, Jacksonville won. I did good. Um, Giants, uh, well, I was close. You know, Danny Dimes was looking good there till that awful, awful interception he threw at the goal line, which I, I believe would have gave them the lead at that point. And then my Raiders they didn't blow them out, but they won, so I'll, I'll kind of take that as a a win here. Now to kind of review, blowout we said nine points or more would be considered a blowout um, pick. Right, a upset is when we. Pick a team that is an underdog by five and a half points or more. So this week, my blowout for this week is Baltimore over Houston. Baltimore's favored by seven. I think they're going to win by even 14 or more. Yes, I understand the Ravens play the Browns, but Kansas City blew out the Texans and I think the Ravens are a little hotter and have a little bit more potential this year than the Ravens do, or than uh, Kansas City does. Yes, Kansas City won the Super Bowl last year, but let's not forget, they were losing 7 nothing at the f- end of the first quarter. A high-powered, high-octane offense, only getting shut out. Now, granted, yes, the second quarter, they put up 17, but... Had a hard time getting going. So I'm going with Baltimore as my blowout pick for this week. My lock for this week is the Saints over the Raiders. Saints are favored by six and a half. Tampa Bay is a very good team, even though Brady had a bad game. Now, Michael Thomas is out. So I don't think it's going to be as much of a, a blowout than... It was, or that that it could be, but I still think the Saints are gonna win this one for my lock. My upset for this week are the Bengals over the Browns. Browns are, for some reason, honestly, I don't know why, but the Browns are favored by five and a half over the Bengals. Browns are terrible. Baker Mayfield is a step above Johnny Manziel. Odell Beckham is. Just known for his one-hand catch. I mean, he really—he's he, the—he's a, a one step above David Tyree. You know that Browns team is just in shambles. The Bengals, I think, have a lot more potential right now than what the Browns do right now with Baker Mayfield in there for what three, four, three years now. So I'm going with the upset um, this week to be in for being the Bengals. <laughs> kind of sticking with picks here 
sports picks, not blue picks, but um, we got a UFC fight uh, card this weekend. And this one is actually, it's free. And actually looks fairly stacked. Main event, you got Kobe Covington versus Tyrone Woodley. A lot of, loud, a lot of bad blood there between Kobe Covington and T. Woods' um, team and himself as well. Co-main event, I'm still trying to figure out who I want to pick for this one because I like both guys. Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Nico Price. Both are, are scrappers. And th th this potentially could steal the fight of the night, you know, for, for Saturday. Before them, we have Kamzat Chimiov versus Gerald uh, Mershart um, in the middleweight division. Before them, we have Johnny Walker trying to bounce back versus Ryan Spahn and Mackenzie Dern versus Rana Marcos. And kicking it off, we have Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. Kevin Holland, I think, is the, the hotter fighter right now, so I'm, I'm going with him in the, the middleweight fight. Mackenzie Dern versus Ronda Marcos in the women's strawweight. Marcos, I just don't think, is as good of a fighter as they're pairing her up to Mackenzie Dern. I think Dern is just going to steamroll through her. Dern was very impressive in her last win, so going with Mackenzie on that one. Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spahn. I think the Johnny Walker train is completely done. I think it's stopped. Uh, stopped, and I think um, Ryan Spawn here is going to win. Kamzat Chimaev versus Gerald Mearschart. Chimaev is more impressive fighter, honestly, I think, than um, Habib, and he fights just like Habib. He already has his next fight lined up, which is impressive. And I'll, I'll give him kudos. A lot of people are um, bashing him for it. You know, saying you're looking past your opponent. Uh, but listen, you know, a lot of these fighters, we keep asking, you know, can we see you guys fight three, four times a year? Conor McGregor, for example, wanted to fight three, four times this year. And here's a kid that already has fights lined up to make sure he keeps fighting, whether to win or lose. So I'm going with him, and not because you know he wants to keep fighting, but I, I just think he's going to be the, the better fighter here. And I think he's actually going to win by, by a knockout. Co-main event, Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Nico Price. Here's the thing. If Cowboy loses, I mean, he's he's got to be right there to, to retirement, like real close to retirement. Any chance at a belt run, I think, is gone. He is just going to pretty much be a gatekeeper now. Nico Price, he was on a good roll. Um, lost his last fight. But this one, I will be very disappointed. I'm not one of these type of fans to say this, but I'll be very disappointed if this one lands on the ground and just lay and pray. Both guys like to scrap. Donald has the, the kicks. And also came out this past week that he's been sparring a lot more than he has in quite some time. So it seems like he's gearing up for a, a boxing match, more or less, a kickboxing match, which is right up his alleyway. 
Then the main event, Kobe Covington versus Tyrone Woodley. Honestly, just like the Johnny Walker train, I think the Tyrone Woodley train is done. As much as I want to see him win over Kobe, I think Kobe is going to win. Um, just because the Usman fight against Kobe, he hung in there. Whereas Usman just steamrolled Woodley. I think Covington wins by knockout. But I am pulling for Woodley. So I think that's going to be it for this week. Make sure you head over to staytunesports.net. Check out our all, uh, social media um, links on the right-hand side there. Click the Merch tab. Pick out your shirt, your hat, whatever you want to buy. I mean, Christmas will be just around the corner, so it's a good time to start looking to see for Christmas gifts. So this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.